so Dale and I were talking before the service and he noticed my lovely blue tie and commented about the fact that Jerry Kaysen would be glad to see me in my lovely blue tie. I just, I, I don't know, I just, I, I feel a little bit, you know, like I should take it off now. Um, you know, um, this, this morning we are carrying on with our um, study of 66 books and 66 messages, and we arrive to the minor prophet. Um, the correct pronunciation is Haggai. If I pronounce it as Haggai at some point during the message, please forgive me because I am Southern, and it looks like Haggai to me, even though it's pronounced Haggai. Um, it's Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 through 19, and this is God's word to us. Haggai chapter 2, beginning at verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priests concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil or any food, will it become holy? Then the priest answered and said, No. And Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, Will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. And Haggai answered and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. And now carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days when one came to a heap of twenty ephahs, there was but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw out fifty baths from the press, there were but twenty. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail and all the labors of your hands, yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. Consider now from this day forward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine... The fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yet yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. Let us first consider the context of Haggai's prophecy. In our passage, the minor prophet is continuing his message to the Israelites who had been let go to return to Jerusalem from exile to rebuild the temple. Initially, in chapter 1, Haggai had chided the Hebrew people to give careful thought to their ways. You see, they had been given the opportunity to rebuild God's house, which Babylon had destroyed many years before, only they showed more concern for their own interests than they did for the interests of the Lord. To make a modern-day connection, this would be like our refusal to set aside a tithe in order to support the operations of the church because we chose to spend that money on ourselves instead. And I understand when things get tight, I 
really do. But that never excuses our failure to give for the cause of Jesus Christ. Haggai's words convicted God's people to get to work on rebuilding the temple. Only soon after they had begun, the first nine verses of chapter 2 show that some people began to complain about how things were taking shape. They wanted to dwell upon the past instead of being in tune to their present situation. It wasn't the same as it once had been. Haggai 2, verse 3 reads, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? To make a modern day connection, this would be like the church living in its past instead of being willing to make changes for its long-term health. I get that Winstanley Baptist Church is rooted in a strong, sizable history. I really do. But we cannot dwell on that. We have to believe what God has in store for his people now. Haggai 2 verse 9 reads, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty. They had to rebuild, and the temple was not going to be the same. It wasn't going to be the splendor of the time in which Solomon had built it. It was not going to have the place and the space. It was going to be different. Yet God promises that it would exceed the glory of his former house. How can that be? It could be because when the promise of Messiah was fulfilled, his people would become the place where his glory dwells, not a building. That is why Paul says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? The question before us in Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 through 19, is how can we experience the glorious presence of God today? How can we at Winstanley Baptist Church experience the glory of God today? Let me tell you that for one, it will not come through a selfish spirit that shows little to no concern for the things of God. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, where our treasure is, that is where our heart is. Two, it will not come because of our properties and grounds as beautiful as they may be. Instead, 1 Peter 2, verse 5 says, as living stones, we are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. To say all this in one simple sentence, the glory of God does not dwell in bricks and mortar. The glory of God dwells in and his people. The Israelites especially needed to hear that message amid the realities of their situation. 
amid an uncompleted temple that on the surface did not compare favorably to their past. Amid an economic downturn that made things especially challenging. Amid a social and political landscape, which you can read about in Ezra and Nehemiah, that did not look favorably upon their mission. I think we especially need to hear that too. Amid the realities of our situation, I think we need to be reminded of the source of God's glory and the promise of God's blessing this morning. The source of God's glory comes through a spiritual cleansing. Don't you find it interesting the perspective that children have compared to the perspective that their mothers have? You know, that children, they will go outside and they will play all day or whatever and they'll come back in or they'll try to come back in and their clothes will be covered with dirt and grime and sweat and all that and, and they think it's perfectly fine. But the mom is like, no, you're going to strip down and you're going to go get in the shower. Now, my wife battles that from time to time. To become clean, the child has to be washed. Because apart from a bath, what's going to happen? Dirt is going to be on the floor, going to be on the furniture. It's going to spread throughout the house. Haggai makes a similar analogy in verses 11 through 14, and he's drawing upon the ceremonial law. He asked the priest if the holy meat prepared for an offering to the Lord could transfer holiness to an individual who had touched it. And they answered, of course not. He then asked them if a person who is unclean comes into contact with the holy meat, whether or not that individual's sickness will transfer to the offering. And they answered, yes. You see, the consecrated meat was determined holy because it was dedicated to God. The meat itself, however, could not make anyone holy, although the slightest contact with uncleanness would contaminate the priest's offering. And the point is that we cannot transfer cleanliness to others, but we can easily transfer uncleanness to them. <laughs> Think about what we've been walking through for the last several years. COVID. If you have COVID and I don't, the chances of me saying, well, let me give to you my non-COVIDness. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, right? But the chances of me getting COVID from you in close contact is a very real possibility. Any doctor can tell you that, even real ones. I mean, and, and it's, it's that dynamic that we can spread uncleanliness, but we cannot give our wellness to others. And just as that is the case physically, it is true spiritually. Does going to church make you holy? No. But... Can you go to church with a complaining spirit and spread 
contagion, if you will, throughout the body, certainly. Many other practical applications exist, but we must realize that sin is especially contagious. And yet the source of God's glory comes through a cleansing. It comes because Jesus Christ transcends the ceremonial law as the one who is actually able to transfer holiness to others. When the woman who was experiencing a menstrual cycle for 12 years in Matthew chapter 9 touched the hem of Jesus' garment, what happened? Her impurity did not go to him. His purity went to her. Lepers would stand outside the city gate of Jerusalem, and what would they cry out? Unclean! Unclean! And they did that because their touch alone could pass their contagion onto others. Only what does Jesus do? He touches the leper. And the leper is made clean. Hmm. Have you experienced the touch of the master's hand today? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ who alone can turn your leprous heart and make it clean? Just like the child covered in dirt, you need to be washed today. And the old hymn that we sung earlier sums it up well, does it not? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You see, experiencing the source of God's glory is what leads to the promise of God's blessing, which comes to the weary. It comes to us. God says through his prophet that when the people lived in disobedience, they did not experience his blessing. But when they turned their hearts to God, the Lord says he would pour out his blessing. You see, that's consistent with the covenantal law found in Deuteronomy. Only it does not seem like the Israelites of Haggai's day felt as if they were walking in blessing. Circumstances, in fact, seemed rather bleak. It seemed like the harvest would be meager yet again as it was the year before. I find it noteworthy that Haggai changes from all the language that was focused solely on building the temple to now the language of a field. Give careful thought to this. How do we build the church except that we go out into the fields to reap a harvest? Yet how discouraging does it feel when in spite of our best efforts, the church does not grow? How discouraging does it feel when this year's harvest looks to be as meager as the year before? It may feel like there's nothing in the barn 
It may feel like we have little to fall back on. It may feel like that our resources just won't be sufficient enough. And yet, if we have been washed clean by Christ, and if we are committed to the work of building his church, God says, listen to it. From this day on, I will bless you. God is saying to your wearied, inadequate pastor, I will bless you and I will make your efforts glorious in my sight. God is saying to our wearied volunteer Sunday school teachers, I will bless you and I will make your efforts glorious in my sight. God is saying to all the wearied, hurting and timid church members today, I will bless you and I will make your efforts glorious in my sight. Whenever we do the work of ministry, whenever we sow the precious seed of the gospel, we do not know what is going on beneath the surface around us. But whatever appears to be happening or whatever appears not to be happening, I know this much to be true. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word in season and out of season. I know this much to be true. Whenever people ask us where we find our hope amid these uncertain times, we should say, come, see the cross of Jesus that alone washes sinners clean and blesses the weary soul. Jesus Christ washes sinners clean. And Jesus Christ blesses the weary. Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you weary today? He will bless you. Pray with me. Christ, for your glory poured out through Calvary, the conquering of the tomb, to the ascension of your Father, and to life bestowed upon sinners such as we. I ask today, Spirit of God, that you would remind us of your glory given to us through your Son. And Father, I pray today that where we might be discouraged or weary, that you would remind us of your blessing. Indeed, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, here among your people, we are asking for your blessing to pour out abundantly for your glory. Amen.